Hey, what's up, guys? It's Nico from Boardstock. I just wanted to tell you guys, hey, thank you so much for your support. Really goes a long way. Sorry to interrupt the episode at the beginning. I just want to let you know, if you could leave a rating and review specifically on iTunes, it really goes a long way. It really helps the channel grow. Really helps the podcast get to more people. And yeah, I love you all. Thank you so much for your support. I'm loving doing this these episodes, and so is Marcus. And yeah, please rate, review on iTunes, and love you all. Enjoy. Hey, you guys. Welcome to Porch Talk. Uh, on this episode, I had one of my mentors, someone I look up to, and I highly respect, uh, Johnny. He's my tattoo artist, he's my MMA coach, and he's just a great friend. And yeah, I mean, first episode back, sorry for the wait, it's my fault of course, but with that being said, enjoy the episode, I love you all, and don't forget to leave a rating and review on iTunes, as well as follow on Instagram and Twitter. I will be picking someone at random throughout those three things to get a free t-shirt from Bearded Goat, so... That'll be happening for the next one or two episodes. So I'll keep you posted. I love you all, and enjoy. First people I actually admire and someone I really look up to having on the show. I mean, I've had a couple of my friends, a couple, couple people that I know. Right. But you're the one person I know that's, like, one of my idols. Well, I appreciate that. Well, and I've, I know so much about your life now, but I don't really know much about your life beforehand beforehand um like prior to i don't know where to start i'll I'll tell you my story yeah Um, just i want to hear it from like where did you did you grow up in you grew up in pickle no actually i was born in denver colorado oh um so i grew i didn't grow up out there i was born there um we came back when i was like one or two and when we came back i lived down in dayton for quite a while down at my grandmother's house uh with her um as far as like home life My dad had a little bit of a drug problem, well, a lot of bit of a drug problem, and I quit seeing him when I was probably six. Oh, wow. Yeah. I lived with my grandma for a while. My mom actually got stabbed by one of my dad's girlfriends. Um, We thought she was going to die. She had a collapsed lung. Like, I mean, it it was really, really crazy, and I was so young that, like, now talking about it, I didn't realize how serious it was at the time. But I ended up living with my grandma for a little while while my mom recovered. Um, Then my mom got a boyfriend. I was going to private school down in Dayton with my grandma. Um, And then my mom got a boyfriend. I moved out there. So it's kind of crazy because you go from living in, like, the heart of Dayton, you know. And the school that I went to, there were only two white kids. Oh, my god! In my entire first grade. It was me and this little white girl. And the rest were black. And, uh like up here you've always got the black kids that are singled out because there's like maybe one five six you know yeah there's not a lot of them in the school system percentage wise well it was the complete opposite down there for me because it was a primary black school and uh not that it was really that bad i mean there was definitely racism on the like the flip side you know what i mean because all this little white boy this little white boy and then my second grade year 
we moved in with my mom's boyfriend, who was my stepdad, Dick, and uh, we moved in out there, and I went to a country school where there were no black kids. Yeah, and it was the complete opposite. The complete opposite. And as crazy as it seems, I felt more like a minority at that school because I wasn't raised around that. I was about to say, you you weren't a part of it from the beginning. Yeah, so that was super odd. Um, We were really, really poor. Like when I say we were poor, we lived in a house that had no indoor plumbing. Oh, wow. Um, And that was for a couple years we lived in that house. Uh, We never had a house with indoor heat. Uh, We always had fireplaces and things like that. So, I mean, we were, it was a very, very poor upbringing. And I don't know, like, you have kids. I mean, you have your your little one, and I've got my little one. Mine's a little bit older. But I look at her, and at her age, I knew that we were poor. Mm -hmm. You know, I heard the conversations, my parents not talking, you're talking about not having money and not being able to afford this and having Christmas in February because that's when taxes came in. So, like, I knew at a very young age the difference between poor and what I thought was rich, you know? Yeah. Like, when, you, when you're when you that fucking poor, lower middle class is rich to you. Oh, yeah. You I know? mean, me growing up in in my family household, I mean, we were, we were good off compared to most of the people who are super successful nowadays who come from that poor up, upbringing. And it's just insane what mentality you have when you grow up there because you never want to go back. You know what it's like to push right. back Christmas and all that stuff. And I just think – I think it's so fascinating how how that turn changes from uh, parent to kid, you know? Right. Well, and I think, dude, to be honest, it's, it's one of those things uh, – I'm not going to call myself special, but it's one of those things where I think I'm one of few. I think a lot of times when people grow up in that kind of environment, you know, I mean, like, I'm not going to get too, well, I mean, fuck it, dude. Uh, You know, there was drugs being sold and shit. It was do whatever you had to do. When I say drugs, I'm talking about pot, nothing, no narcotics or nothing. But I mean, you know, you would sell some weed, you know, you would, you would do things that you had to do to get extra money. And I, and I watched that growing up, you know, I watched it firsthand. And the lifestyle, you know, like the, the overall lifestyle, what my parents valued versus what I value at the exact same age was considerably different. And when I, when I say I don't want to consider myself like special or anything, but I think a lot of people that grow up in that lifestyle, they repeat that lifestyle. It's a socialism. You know what I yeah. mean? It's, it's yeah, yeah. you are a product of your environment. You will be how you are brought up. And dude, it was really hard for me because like where most of the people that were around like the same type of poor lifestyle, I watched the kids that were my age fall into some of those same tendencies. I never wanted that. And, and dude, to be honest, I think it all came down to girls. Uh, like, really? like, yeah, like as crazy as it sounds, I always wanted a beautiful girl. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, I never wanted to settle. And, and I knew the difference between, okay, this girl's a dirty butt, but she's kind of cute. And this girl's cute. And she's got shit going for her. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's what I wanted. In order to get that, I had to separate myself from the pack. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had to not live that fucking lifestyle. And, dude, it was tough. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Um, dude, it's why my shit's at 35. It's, it's coming together very well. Mm-hmm. But I said, like... For myself, I set the bar very, very high. You know me as a coach. Oh, yes. And you know me as a friend. And you know how, like with my athletes, how ridiculously high I set the bar. You know, I set it so high that you don't feel that you're ever going to reach it. Mm -hmm. And I I think whenever you're looking to succeed at anything, you set the bar so fucking outrageous that, like, 
even if you don't reach it, you're going to be above what you mentally may have yeah. as a standard. Yeah, you're you know? going to be in the 1% of yourself. Yeah, and and that's and that's what I've always did and or I've always done and it took a long time for me to get that mentality cuz so I grew up in this upbringing, blah 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 blah, you know, we got to this country school. It was a rich ass country school. Fell out of place there. Then in 6th grade we moved to Piqua. Okay. And we moved mid-year. Uh we moved mid-year to Piqua. We get to Piqua. And now we have black kids, we have white kids, we have rich kids, we have poor kids. So now I now I start I'm starting to feel like okay, I, I kind of fit in. But the crazy thing was when I moved to Piqua in sixth grade, we're talking what 12, 12, 12 13? Yeah. 13, we'll say thirteen. Um, dude, I was already six foot tall. I was six foot two hundred and twenty pounds. I wish I had that genetic. <laughs> but I, but I was a grown man. In sixth grade, so like I said, my strive, I always like, you know, women were like what always drove me, it seemed like, at that point in life. And uh, because I look like a grown man, yeah, a, six, a sixth grader doesn't want to be with a grown man. Mm-hmm. They want to be with boys, you know what I mean? And so there, again, like with the girls, I was still separated. But for sports, I came in and I was a fucking stud. Oh, yeah. You know, I remember my first practice. They asked me, what positions do you play? And I said, middle linebacker and fullback. And everybody laughed at me because it was huge. And first game, I played middle linebacker and fullback. You know, everybody thought that they were going to do something. But the one thing about growing up poor, you do you do have like a fire. Mm-hmm. Like you have this, for me at least, I had this fire, this I'm going to fucking show you. I may not have the money. Well, my parents may not have the money. But I'll show you what the fuck I'm about. You know, that was kind of always my, like, my mindset. So when we get on the football field... You can tease me all you wanted throughout the day. You got to get hit by me. Oh, you yeah. know, at the end of the day, you have to take that ass whipping on that football field. So that's what kind of kind of helped me. And then, you know, growing up, you know, throughout high school, you know, sports. It was sports, sports, sports. I started smoking weed to hang out with the cool kids and all that shit. And I got into partying. My mom, she worked evenings. Her and my stepfather separated. So it was single mom. Working nights, me and my teenage brother, as teenagers, we were able to party every night. Yeah, you were able to do whatever, do whatever the fuck we wanted. Yeah. And the only thing that I worried about was I worried about partying and I worried about football. You know, get as strong and as fast as you can, smoke a bunch of weed and drink a whole bunch and have fun with girls. That that was that was what my mind was wrapped around. And there was a movie, I don't know, you may have seen it, but it was definitely before your time, Varsity Blues. No, never yeah. even heard of it. So, yeah, so before <laughs> your time, but it was it, it took place in Texas, and it was how like football was life, and they gave you your grades, and all you had to do was drink beer, play football, and you're going to college. Mm-hmm. You know, just don't get nobody, you know, fucking pregnant, and yeah. you're going to go. Well, that's not the case. So my junior year, I had verbally committed. Sorry about that. I'll you're good. That you're off. good. Um, <laughs> no big deal. My. Uh, Um, shit. You verbally, yeah, I had verbally committed to IU, you mm-hmm. know, so going into my senior year, I'd already verbally committed to a big 10 school, you know, I'm fucking stoked. Everything's great. My last quarter of my junior year, I was an L I became ineligible. Oh no. I was failing business law. I had one F and I'm like, cool. One F no big deal, you know, cause it's a two F policy. Well, the Ohio, um, high school athletic association, they had implemented a rule that you had to have five credited classes. You had to have five credited classes to do this. 
So I'm like, fuck, I didn't have five credited classes. Nobody helped me. No summer school, no nothing to make me eligible. Well, when you're not eligible, all your scholarships get taken away. Yeah. You have to play that year. And they're all telling me, go to junior college, go to junior college, play there for a season, then we'll pick you up. Well, the problem with that is, one, I didn't have money to do that. I didn't have money to do that. And two, I felt that I was above that. And then this is this is a, a kid's mindset. Mm-hmm. I felt because I was good enough to go to a Division One Big Ten school. That why should you play for? Why the college? fuck am I yeah. going to go play for a little ass school? Yeah, you know I'm not going to de- degrade myself. You know I'd worked so hard to get to that level, and then I'm going to have to take a step down, and then I'm going to have to fucking beg and plead to get on the team that I was already on to begin with. Yeah, and uh, which hindsight, fucking moronic. I mean, it was the stupidest decision I ever made. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I if I said I regretted one thing in life, the only thing that I regretted in life was not going to junior college to play football. Um, the other thing I regret is not going to college. You know, I sit here with no college education. And those are the only two things that I truly regret in life. All my bad decisions I've made, I don't regret those. I learned from every single one of them. I was about to say, make you, they made you who you are today. Yeah. What, what I... What I really like regret is the fact that I took the easy route early on in life. Well, what I, you know, what appeared to me as the easy route, which wasn't easy. I ended up working tons of jobs and shit. But so when I was ineligible, I got really fucking mad. I had the first half of my school year, my senior year, I had 76 cut classes. Oh my gosh. Two quarters, 76 cut classes. I was showing up to school stoned. Um, I was literally, I would literally get there on time to start my day, see a buddy, look at him, be like, hey, I got a joint, let's roll. I would show up to school just to pick up another friend to go get stoned with me. Oh my and gosh. like this, because dude, it was, it was embarrassing. I'm watching my football team. My football team made it to the semifinals uh, for state and they lost. And I know goddamn well if I would have been there. We would have won state. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was a huge part of that team, and not only did I not get to do it, I let down every single one of my teammates. I was embarrassed. Like, dude, I was so fucking embarrassed. And my counselor, uh, Miss Easton, I'll never forget her name. Miss Easton comes to me and goes, "I need to know right now. Do you want to fucking graduate?" Like you fucked up, you know, and she, I mean, the, what I loved about her, dude, she was a straight shooter. She was like, dude, you fucked up. I mean, she's like, you fucked up royally. You fucked up your football. You fucked up everything. She goes, are you going to continue to fuck up and not graduate? You put 12 years into this and you're going to throw it all away because your ego's hurt. So I wanted to graduate, you know, I, I, I wanted to graduate. So she brought me in. I was, I was staying after school. I was doing my schoolwork. I had to do a correspondence course because, I mean, that's how bad I fucked up. Oh, so wow. the first half of my senior year, all Fs. All Fs all the way through. Fs on the finals. Fs on everything. Second half of school, straight A's. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you it something flipped in your head. Yeah. Like, oh, well, shoot, we, gotta, we have to graduate here. The bitch about it was I wasn't a fucking moron. You know, like, mm-hmm. like I always portrayed the dumb jock, but I wasn't stupid. I just didn't want to put in the work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anybody, even if you have troubles learning, if you put in the fucking work, it'll pay off. Yeah, of and, course. And, dude, to be honest, school was easy for me. 
I wasn't dumb. Like the problem was I wasn't dumb. I was just so fucking lazy. And I lived in this like fantasy world of I'm going to be a fucking athlete. I'm going to be rich. I'm going to fuck bad bitches. And ta-da. Dude, if I would have went to college, the chances of me making it to the NFL was like like 5 to 10%. Yeah. But I had already had it made up in my mind this is what I was going to do. All right. So high school wraps up. I get shipped off to Oregon to go live with my uncle. My uncle is a master's degree in engineering. Uh, fucking makes great money. He's going through a divorce. He's living in a condo. So it's me, my uncle, living in a condo. And when I get out to Oregon, he's not there. He's he's away on business. So oh, the first okay. two weeks I spend out in Oregon, it's me at 18 years old by myself living in a condo full of beer, full of food. And I actually really quit partying when I was out in Oregon. You know, I really slowed down. I, I mean, my uncle was like, you want some beers? I'll put some beers in the refrigerator. And I'm 18 years old. And I'm like, sure, you know. He's like, just drink responsible. Don't drive, you know. And, and I did, man. I, I respected his word. But I got to see... That was my first glimpse of what it meant to be successful. Yeah. So I you take a man who graduated from the Ohio State, master's degree in engineering. Anybody wants, everybody wants him. Oh yeah, and of he's, course. When I say he's highly intelligent, he is highly intelligent. And uh, you know, I remember he comes home, and I hadn't found a job yet out there, and I was like. I was like, Dan, man, I was like, can I get like 20 bucks for some gas? You know, I just I needed to get a little gas in my gas tank. I was like, I'll get a job. You know, I'm working on getting a job applications in, you know, and I'm going to try to find some side work, to make a couple bucks. And he hands me a $100 bill. And he's like, yeah, go get some gas. And I was like, all right, I'll bring you back your change. He's like, yeah, don't fucking worry about it. And he gave me a $100 bill. And I remember thinking this in my head. He just gave me a $100 bill where I grew up. You didn't even see hundred dollar yeah. bills, you know, and I mean that's how poor we were. Like the concept of a hundred dollar bill, a ten was a big bill, you know what I mean? A hundred dollar bill was just was fucking unheard of, and just to give it to me for gas, and this was this was, I'm, I'm old, Nico. This is when like you could fill up a truck's gas tank on twenty bucks. Oh my god! Like five dollars when when somebody gave you five dollars for gas money, dude, that was you were filling up half your tank. Yeah. So a hundred dollars. I mean, that was ridiculous. I'm like, and for him not to bat an eye at it, like, oh, oh, whatever, just keep the change, you know? Yeah, yeah, just keep the change. I'm not worried about it. And I'm like, okay. So I started seeing how he was living. And you got to realize we were living in a condo, and he was still paying for his three hundred thousand dollar home that his mm-hmm. ex wife was living in. He's still taking care of his son. He had money to do all of this and not blink an eye. He drove a brand new 2002. Honda Accord, you know, like, I mean, everything. I mean, a Honda Accord's nothing special, but it was brand new right off the fucking dealership, and it was nice as fuck, you know, at the time. And this is when Honda was, like, the car to have. If you yeah, had a Honda, yeah, yeah. like, you were the shit. So <clears throat> I started, like, watching and learning, and I was only out there for a month because I got homesick. You know, um, the West is very different than the Midwest or even the East Coast. The West is, like, overly nice. Everybody's polite. And as much as it seems like you would like to be in an environment like that, and I'm a nice person, I, you know, I hated it because it felt fake. Yeah. It felt fake for somebody not to say fuck you. Yeah, you know, it, it, felt, felt fake. it felt like it was forced to be nice. <clears throat> yeah, like, like everybody was out there just, you know, fucking, I don't know, dicking off. But while I was out there, 
um, I got in I got in really good shape. I um, when I was in high school, I was about three hundred and five pounds playing football. When I got back from Oregon, I believe I was like two fifteen. Okay. Um, it was it was the best shape of my life. My sister actually just posted a picture on Facebook from when I was that age and <laughs> when I was that skinny. And uh, and for me, it was skinny. It, it looked great. And I remember when I got home, I was like, "All right, dude, I'm getting a fucking job. I'm gonna look into going to school." I'm going to look into doing all these different things. I came home with a game plan. So as soon as I get off the plane, all my friends are there. All right. These are the same people that I partied with. And, you know, everything was so great. And we were always partying and having fun. I separated myself from them. You know, I, I started separating myself from that from that mess. You yeah. know, I'm like, dude, all you guys are doing is smoking weed and drinking. I got a job. I started working out at a gym. I was getting in great shape and I was I was just I was masking the fact that I didn't get to go to college. Mm-hmm. I was masking the fact that I didn't get to do all those things. Football season comes around. I'm watching all my friends play collegially on TV. I'm watching guys that I was better than in high school starting as freshmen on big schools and I'm watching them on TV. So depression starts setting in. So I start hanging out with my old friends, smoking weed every day fucking drinking um started doing cocaine like i don't know man dude i was fucking 18 years old started doing fucking blow and shit partying hard a lot harder than i ever expected myself and i was drowning away the fact that i was so like dude i felt like throwing up you know how like when you do something bad and nobody knows about it but you know about it it just eats you away yeah Yeah. dude that feeling would not go away no matter how many drugs i did no matter how much you drink no matter how much i did anything It was eating me up, and I finally was like, you know what, fuck this. I was like, I got to do something. So I found MMA. I was angry. My brother had started doing MMA. I got into it after him. I started doing MMA. Three months into it, I had my first fight, and uh, I ended up losing via key lock. Um, It was a pro open man open weight eight-man tournament you could weigh whatever you wanted and you were gonna have to fight multiple fights in the same night why in the world would you would you do that that's how mma was oh okay yeah because it was it wasn't as regulated as it is now bro you are you're the product of what old school mma fighters had to go through and it wasn't like it was today like today you trained your ass off to get ready for your first fight you were in great shape Dude, you you were you were good. Like back in the day, dude, you would have been a champion as good as you were for your first fight. You lost. Mm-hmm. That that's insane. That's insane, dude. You're a freak fucking athlete. You're smart as fuck. You lost because that's that's the reality of MMA today. Like you don't have eight years of experience. You know. Yeah. You, you don't trust me. You picked it up very fucking quickly. <laughs> but back then, it was completely different. I went in three months training and then i fought again three months later and won all right so mma was kind of my thing well my coach was a bad man and, and at this point when i said when i got into mma cocaine was was not an issue i i didn't even think about it um if you if anybody who knows me i am anti-narcotics mm-hmm. like to the extent of yeah you I'll really are. probably punch you in your face yeah like I, I don't fuck with it weed i love weed um i don't smoke it i could pass a fist test right now but i do endorse it i i am all for it i think there's 
so many good benefits. Oh, yeah. But no, I... nonetheless, at that point in my life when I was fighting, I wasn't doing any of it. Well, my coach at the time, and I'm not going to say his name, but he was a drug addict. He doesn't want to admit that he was a drug addict, but he was. And he stole from me all kinds of different things. Fast forward a couple of years, I start training a guy. You know, I start training a guy. He was like, oh, I know you fight. You know, so I started training a guy. Well, my old coach comes back around. He's like, hey, why don't we all get together? Why don't we all start training? I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll give you another chance. We all get together. We, we end up building the team. This was in 2008. The birth of Fightopia MMA, which is my MMA school, happens. I am working at a furniture store. I live in a three-bedroom house out in the country on three acres, hot tub, pool, fucking four-wheelers. I had I had collected some stuff at this time. Yeah. The house was my mother's. She moved out. I took over the house, blah, 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 blah. And now we have this MMA gym in my garage. Well, my old coach was like, hey, man, there's a spot in the mall. We can get into the mall. Let's move into the mall. And we were just building this team. And this is the Pickle Mall, Yeah, correct? Pickle Mall, yeah. All right, all right. So we opened an MMA school in Pickle Mall in a 14, no, it was like a 1,200 square foot place. All right. Everything's going great. We have all our fighters scheduled for their first fight. My coach was the head coach. I was the assistant. A month out before the fights, he disappears. Completely disappears. So now at, I would have been 22, 23. I'd have been 23. At 23 years old, I'm the head coach of a mixed martial arts team. Majority of the fighters on this team are older than I am. And I'm getting ready to take fucking six of them to a show down in Cincinnati. And I, and I ain't never done none of this. I have two fights under my belt. Yeah. Two fucking fights. And the reason why I quit fighting, I blew out my knee. And when I blew out my knee, I started coaching. When I went to go back, it just it wasn't the same. I didn't have money for surgery. So it never healed up correctly. And, dude, like I said, you, you got to be an athlete to do this. You can't, oh, have, yeah. you no. can't have anything wrong with just you. When I, the day I started training... There's two things that I remember, like, clear as day. One, I I have never had my shoulders burn so much in my entire life. <laughs> and two, I had never punched a woman in my life until I started <laughs> MMA. And it was your wife, <laughs> yes. Chelsea. And you told me, you said to me, you better punch her in the face as hard as you can or I'll have her beat the shit out of you. Yes. And I was just, I was stunned. I'm like, okay. So I punched her and she was like, all right, whatever. Let's go now. <laughs> So just to clarify this, so everybody doesn't think Nico's a bad guy, mixed martial arts, and especially with female mixed martial artists, I, as a coach, you treat women like men, because if you don't, they're never going to get better. Um, now, obviously, you treat a 115-pound woman like a 115-pound man. Mm -hmm. You know, a heavyweight's not going to go out there and beat the shit out of him, but if you guys have never seen Nico, Nico's 125 pounds when he fights, and he's a a lean, lean 145 to 135, yeah. not fighting, you know. Um, and with Nico saying his shoulders have never burned this bad, if, if you don't know what Nico looks like, imagine like a fitness model <laughs> that has worked out way too much. <laughs> like, <laughs> and like, shorter, of course. And, and, a little, and a little bit shorter. Are you but, kidding me? Uh, Those fitness models are like six foot. <laughs> get out of here. I'm five foot dude, six. Dude, if we, if we put the camera right, bro, you can look as tall as you want to look. <laughs> now, I'm telling you right now, if my fat ass needed a fucking personal trainer, I'd be going to Nico because I'm looking at him and I'm going, yeah, bro, I want to look like that. You know, <laughs> it's, it, you know, and, and, and not to, you know, not to make Nico uncomfortable, but 
Nico has that look, man. I mean, he's in great shape. He just looking at him, you know, his physical fitness is numero uno. You know, he he really makes sure that he's he's all squared up on that. And when he came into the gym, you know, I think I think at first, and I could be wrong, but I think at first you were like, I can do this. Like like Oh yeah, no, like, I, I walked physi- in physically I can do this. I walked I walked in, my ego is like, Oh man, boxing, you do a couple punches, you got this, no big deal. You lift weights every day. No rest or one one day off a week, you got this easy. And I and I told him before he came in, I was like, Nico, this is gonna kick your fucking ass, bro. Like I get it, dude. You're a soccer player. You're a phenomenal athlete. You're all these things. I was like, but this is a different exercise. This is a whole different realm. And when he was like, I hurt. I was like, yes, yes. I I, I you know I achieved like for me as a coach, I knew I achieved what I wanted to achieve. When I can take somebody with your athleticism and your fitness level and I can break you down to where you are actually sore and you know you did something, I know I did my job. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, so, like, that's MMA in a nutshell. And, and here I am, fucking 23 years old. How old are you right now, Nico? I'm 19 going on 20. 19. Okay, so at your age is when I was fighting. So a couple years later, I'm the head coach of this MMA gym. I created it, blah, 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 blah. So we go to the show, we fucking murder it. Like, I mean, we people were making fun of our names. We're Fightopia. People were, oh, those fucking Fruitopia faggots. And, I mean, a lot of derogatory statements made towards us. And, uh, guys, please, if you're listening to Nico's podcast, when I use the term faggot, I don't mean it derogatory. But we were literally called these terms, you know. And uh, it, it was, you know, we had something to prove. You know, here I am, 23 years old, and I'm, fuck it. You know, you're about to get your ass beat by some faggots. You know, yeah. I mean, that's that's my mentality. Yeah. You think that we're this, or you want to use these terms and call us this shit. We're going to show you. You know what I mean? And we, we did. I mean, we went on a fucking tear. And uh, now I was responsible for this gym. I was responsible for all these fighters at 23 years old. No college education. Working a remedial fucking job. Dude, I was making maybe, maybe... 24 26,000 a year. I didn't have fucking money. The gym wasn't making shit. You know, fighters are broke. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The gym wasn't making shit. So, I ended up moving out of the house that I was in. I moved into a fucking one bedroom apartment, paying $300 a month cuz it's all I could fucking afford, and I kept this gym afloat. Well, we had moved the gym from inside of the mall to outside of the mall. You know, the mall people were like, "Oh, we got a great deal for you." Not true. They ended up fucking us, like major league, like major league fucking us. And at this time in my life, so we're talking about 24, 25, I'm completely clean. And no, no alcohol, no cocaine. I do still smoke weed at this point, but uh, I'm really like kind of getting my shit together. You know, I feel that I'm getting my shit together. I'm working a full-time job. I'm working overtime. Plus I'm a head coach of this MMA school. I'm getting guys fighters. I had a couple champions. You know, we'd won some titles and everything. We move into this new spot. We're there for about a year. I can't pay the bills. I cannot pay the bills. So they lock the front door of the gym. All of my pads, all of my mitts, everything, all of my all of my uh, fighters' trophies. Oh, everything wow. is locked in this gym, and we can't get it out. What do you What are you thinking of at the time? Like what What's going through your mind when you Go try and open the door, and they're locked on you. Dude, I, I'll tell you exactly what happened. I went home, sat on my bed, and I cried. 
Like, dude, a grown man crying on my bed. I cried for about three minutes, and then I didn't cry no more. And I got fucking mad. Oh, yeah. Like, I had, like, the biggest amount of anger. Not at the people. It was my fault. Mm-hmm. I take credit for it. It was my fault that it closed because I couldn't pay the bills. But I was fucking infuriated. I'm like, all right, fuck this. I'm not done. I'm not fucking done. I will not quit. You know what I mean? Like, I had worked so hard to have my own business. I worked so hard to do all these things. I'm coaching. I'm meeting people. You know, I, you know I'm, I'm helping kids out. I'm doing all these different things. And uh, so I was like, fuck this, dude. I'm not done. You know, I go and I, I call the place. And I'm like, how do I get my shit? They're like, we need $1,000, all right, in a week or you can't have it. Mind you, man, I'm only making like twenty six grand a year. Yeah, you know, that's a lot of money. For so me. I go out and I'm hustling my ass off. I'm doing anything I can to make money. I get the thousand dollars, I pay them, I get my shit back. So now I've got all this shit. What the fuck am I supposed to do with all this shit? You know. And then a friend calls me and he's like, "Hey, let's uh, let's put this shit in my basement and start tra- you know continue to train." So we did that. My friend then tells me, like, hey, let's go ahead and open up a new gym. I'll take out a loan. We'll get it open. So we do that. The gym goes. Then we ended up finding a better deal. We moved the gym. That's where you met me. It was in that gym. Okay. So during this whole time frame of moving and keeping the gym going, you know, I meet some great fighters. I meet some great people. And I start tattooing. And... Before I started tattooing, I was an interior designer, fucking decorating people's shit, selling furniture, having a really good time doing it. I get to wear a suit and tie to work every day. Yeah. I felt I felt important. My yeah. gym's going good. I'm doing this. Then I start tattooing. And then I find what my true love is, like work-wise. When yeah. I say my true love, I mean by what I want to make money at. You know, every, you know, you have things that you love, but then there's the things that you love to do to make money tattooing was that for me so what so what got you into tattooing then was it just a random thing like or did you go get a tattoo and you looked at this the place the place that you're getting your tattoo done at dude to be honest i was i'd already been tattooed i never thought about being a tattoo artist i just i would get really fucking stoned this is honest to god i'd get really fucking stoned i would sit down at my coffee table and i would start drawing and i was doing it on christmas eve and a buddy of mine walked through the door. He was a tattoo artist. He tosses me a tattoo machine. I catch it. And he said, well, why don't you try that on some skin if you think you're a good artist? Well, I took him literally. I, I, I fucking started tattooing on my friends. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then, uh, I, dude, I loved it. Like, dude, it was so addicting. All I wanted to do was tattoo. I wasn't even charging people. And if I was, I'm like, dude, 10 bucks. Just give me enough to get a setup fee, you know, just give me mm-hmm. enough to get more supplies. And dude, it was addicting, you know, and here I am, dude, I'm trying to tattoo everything and everybody, you know, and then I noticed like my work was kind of plateauing. Yeah. I was only so good. I was like, man, I got to figure out how to do this. So then I got an apprenticeship with uh Gene Ashworth and I sat, did my apprenticeship and Right after my apprenticeship, my boss fires me from the furniture store. And he fires me because he was like, look, dude, you need to open a tattoo shop. 
like you don't need to work here he goes you're we're holding you back dude fucking put the pedal to the metal open up the statue shop that is probably the best thing that's probably ever happened to you though best and worst this happened okay so my birthday is november 19th and this was before i met my wife okay um this was well no i had met my wife but we weren't together we were just friends she was a student of mine so i was still with my ex and when he when he fires me i freak out i'm like dude i'm not gonna be able to make enough money you know dude you're talking when i was doing the interior design stuff i was making 50 anywhere from 50 to 60 grand a year Mm -hmm. you know i was making decent money i'm like fuck what the fuck am i supposed to do and uh so I started tattooing my ass off, and I realized, like, hey, I'm making more money tattooing than what I was fucking doing the furniture shit. So I started doing that, and which was really crazy because me and my ex, we end up splitting up, and that's when I got with Chels. But um, that was a whole fucking big to do. But like this whole time, it was like figuring out my tattoo career. And then not until I got with Chelsea did she look at me. Chelsea just looked at me and she's like, look, you've helped me achieve my goals and my dreams. It's time for me to help you achieve yours. So I'm like, all right, fucking bet, man. You know, and she helped me get my first shop up and running and all that fun stuff. But it was it was so crazy, man, because like the whole time that I'm doing all this shit. I mean, that's like my life in a nutshell. But the whole time I'm doing all this, like I'm slowly taking baby steps, baby steps, baby steps, baby steps forward. And, you know, I start getting people like the older I get, like yourself, that are like, oh, man, you made such a difference in my life. You made such a difference and you helped me out. And, you know, you gave me a different way of looking at things. And, dude, like the most crazy thing about it is. I don't even realize it. Like, like I just try to be a good person, man. Yeah. I just try to be a good person. And I know like for me, I wanted to build a family. I didn't have any kids. I, I am actually, my wife is pregnant with our first mine and hers first. She has a daughter from a previous marriage, which is my daughter. If you ever meet Cheyenne, that little girl walks like me. She talks like me. 100%. Yeah. That's, that's my daughter. So I will never say this is my first kid. This would be my second kid, but it's my first biological, like, baby, baby. And uh, so it's been crazy. And, dude, and I'm starting late in life. Mm-hmm. I'm 35 fucking yeah. years old, and I'm having my first biological child. Yeah. You know? And I look at all the people, like like yourself, man. You know, when you're my age, how old is your son going to be? He's going to be... 17? Yeah. Yeah. 17. That's intense. Really think about that. Yeah. You know, I have I have apprentices that I'm old enough to be their father. You know? And and like the one thing I will say is I never I never grew up. Like like when I say I never grew up, I got stuck at like nineteen twenty. Like my mentality of like fashion and clothes and I, I never wanted to grow old. You know, mm-hmm. I watch all these people they grow what I call growing old. They get stuck in eras of their life that they can't get out of, and they're still listening to 90s music. They're still dressing like the 90s. They're still doing this. I try to stay up on fashion. Dude, I try to stay up on music. I try to stay up on the lingo. I try to know what the youth is doing because it keeps you young. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. And when you, when, you, when you capture a time frame in life, and that's the only time frame in life that you can relate to, 
that's when you start dying. Oh, of course. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And dude, it's so sad because I see it so often and people always give me shit and I call these people old. I'm like, you're just fucking old. Well, you just haven't grown up yet. Well, no, dude, I'm doing a good job of growing up. I, I'm raising my child right. I'm doing all the adult things that I should be doing. But, dude, I'm staying youthful. You know, I, I want to stay relevant with somebody like you. Oh, yeah. Because I want to be able to go to dinner to, with you, and I want to be able to look at you as an equal, not as a child. And and I think that's something that with a lot of the younger guys like yourself and the younger ladies that I've helped along the way, I've never treated you guys like kids. No, no, not at I've all. I've always treated you like little brothers, little sisters. Like, look, dude, I do have the experience. I will trump you occasionally, <laughs> but I will listen to you because you may have an idea that I don't have. I don't believe because I'm older that I am just by default better. And a lot of people have that, you know? Oh, yeah. No, there's a lot of people in this world dude, that, like, go that ahead. just don't understand that. I mean, just because I'm 19 going on 20 doesn't mean that I can't have an intelligent conversation with you and I can't I, we can't toss ideas back and forth and I can't relate to you and you can relate to me. Right. They just they don't have that mindset and look, that's the look, best thing about you is you have that mindset. At the end of the day we wipe away our ages. You have a child, I have a child. Mm-hmm. You have a career, I have a career. We we both do the exact same things. The only thing that I can trump you on is I can look at you and go, Nico, dude, I've been there and I've done that. Listen to me right now. Like, listen to me, young man, and and, and heed my words. I'm not going to make you do it. I'm never going to be like, oh, if you don't do this or if you don't do that. I, and I'm never going to look down on you about that. But I, only thing I try to give young people is what I feel I didn't get. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a bunch of old people just telling me that this is the way and blah, 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 blah. Like technology, you know? Like, dude, I came into the Apple world. You know, I, I was, you know, and, and, and everybody will argue this and fuck off. But, uh, <laughs> you know, like all the kids, they, they had their apples and their, their Macs and everything else. Dude, I got an iPhone 10. I got a fucking uh, iPad uh, Pro. I got a MacBook Pro. Like, dude, I love my Apple products. And I used to always give people shit about it. But when you're doing certain things, and especially certain businesses, Apple's the way to go. Oh, yeah. It really it's is. It's, it can go through all of the yeah. devices that you have. Now, when it comes to other things like gaming and live streaming, Apple's not the way to go. No. You, you, you're going to be fucked <laughs> You're going to you be messed up yeah, if you yeah. try and do it on Apple. So it, it, just, it, it, all, it all depends on what you're doing. But back to like staying youthful, you know, it's, it's the one thing that like I have relentlessly tried to do my whole entire life is dude stay relevant like dude i watch all my friends and all these punk ass kids these punk ass kids the kids are different like don't get me wrong younger people are are definitely different you guys grew up in a different generation like dude i couldn't imagine like imagine this we didn't have cell phones in high school okay we didn't have so there was no such thing as texting there was no such thing as messenger you we were still writing motherfucking notes and calling people on landlines. Like, I don't know how many times I had to call the weed man from a fucking payphone so my mom didn't overhear the conversation of me getting some weed from the weed man. That's you know? funny. So, I mean, like, like, and then that's what a lot of people don't realize, you know? Like, there was no such thing as sending a nudie or anything mm-hmm. like that. I, dude, I couldn't imagine. Like, I think about that all the time. I'm like, dude, I would have ended up in jail, like, if we would have had that technology. You know, like, because yeah. we, I mean, we wowed out without it let alone with it and you know? with it you document it right that's the biggest right. thing that 
that I mean, me myself included. I've gone to abandoned buildings, taking pictures that I could technically get in trouble for. I've gone, hung out with people who were doing things that they probably shouldn't have done, and everybody was documenting it. And there wasn't a care in the world. And it's right. And seeing the people grow up in the next generation, like your kid. I'm afraid for what they're going to have to go through oh, because they're born into sh- social media. Uh, social media. They're born into cell phones, right, smartphones. Right, right. I mean, I had to slide up three, have to press the button three times to type C right. uh, for middle school up until probably sophomore year. Right. And that's because my parents were like, no, you're not getting a smartphone. But uh, still. My daughter is seven years old and has an iPhone 7. Mm-hmm. All right. She has her own YouTube channel. She, we, we, cause now that I do Twitch and I do YouTube, my daughter's, you're a YouTuber dad. I'm like the coolest motherfucker on the planet. <laughs> so like, so now that I'm a YouTuber, she wants to be a YouTuber and she's like, dad, I'm watching your YouTube videos. They're good, but you have to tell them to like, and subscribe. Yeah. She no. goes, you're doing it wrong. And the and, new notification bell yep, and the notification. Yep. And, and like, she's busting my balls over this shit. And I'm like, all right, baby, all right. And she just did her first YouTube video, and uh, she's so stoked. But, you know, it's it's one of those things like technology, as much as people want to say it's bad, you know, it's fucking bad, it's fucking bad. Dude, look how smart kids are at oh, such yeah. a young age. Oh. You know, and you can call it as terrible as you want. I, I call it bad parenting. Oh, 100%. If, if you 100%. can't parent around it and you can't, like, use your brain on how the fuck it should be done with your children – then fuck you as a parent. You yeah. know what I mean? Don't don't blame it on the fucking kids. Everybody and dude, and I know this from being a parent, man. And dude, we I got a crazy little story to tell you here in All a right. second. All right. But um, you know, everybody wants to blame everything else on everybody. Everybody always wants to point the finger somewhere else. Nobody wants to take credit mm-hmm. for their piss poor parenting. Oh yeah. And I listen to my friends talk about their kids and this, that, and the other, and I just get mad. And I'm like. I don't say anything to him, but I'm like, dude, you're just a bad fucking parent. Mm-hmm. And listen, I'm, I'm going to say this right now. My daughter says the word fuck. My daughter says shit. She says all kinds of cuss words. My daughter's highly intelligent. She, you can sit down with my daughter at seven years old and hold a real conversation oh, with her. Yeah. And she can tell you about real shit. Mm-hmm. I, when know? I was getting my tattoo, the brain, in, the brain inside of the heart, when you stepped out and uh, Cheyenne was chilling on the chilling in the room i was talking with her i was asking with her uh, asking her about her school and what she's learning and all that stuff she is such an intelligent girl i mean yeah. it's insane and so we just transferred her mm-hmm. to a new yeah. school uh we took her out of public school and put her in a private school and i think i i am personally i feel like i'm having a little bit of a backlash from some of my friends about it because like it's almost like an uppity type thing but it, it really it wasn't an uppity thing. It was a what's best for my daughter thing. Mm-hmm. And we are investing in her education. Dude, the school's expensive. I mean, there's fucking private school. Yeah, it's expensive. all private schools. Yeah. Is it worth it? Dude, it's worth every red fucking cent. Yeah. Like, dude, what we pay for that school, I mean, it's a Lexus payment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A month or a year. But at the end of the day, you can't tell me. That it's not going to give her an edge in life, you know? And, and the thing is, you were telling me when, when she transferred and it was her first, second, third day of school, you are like, I've never seen a person, a kid want to be at school in my entire life. And I think that's, I think that's amazing because the kids nowadays, my little brother included, granted he's a senior in high school, but it doesn't matter. 
he's been wanting to get out of school since eighth grade year of eighth grade year middle school and the fact that the teachers are restricted by guidelines and oh state testing state testing state testing you can't teach the way you want to teach that most kids learn better with her type or the teacher's type of teaching i mean it's just it's making the school system look terrible on on every on every aspect and there has to be accountability Mm -hmm. there has to be accountability and you know at the end of the day you have to be able to look at a school or an institution and go hey dude you're fucking doing it wrong you know and and that's kind of what me and my wife did with removing our daughter from the school i mean we are very active parents and like the one thing that i'll tell you you know as your son gets older the one thing is like be active be involved in every aspect you know find a way Find a way, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit of the way. Uh, find a way that you can have the freedom to be there for your son um, because you have to be. And, and, and there's so many parents out there that my life's not going to revolve around my kid. Well, don't fucking have them. Yeah, exactly. Don't fucking have You're them. You're doing a disservice not only to your kid but also to the entire world because your yes. kid, every kid has the potential to make waves and changes throughout the entire world. And – they have you, to have the platform. Yeah, you need to give them that platform to excel for their full potential. It's a responsibility because, you know, if anybody ever says, like, you know, kids just happen, no, they don't. A man and a woman have sex unprotected, mm-hmm. and when you do that, you take the risk of having a child. Yep. If, you know, I, I don't believe in abstinence or any of that other bullshit, but I'm going to say this. There are consequences for all actions. Yep. And not only that, it's a two-way road, too. So if you both willingly did that, there's no pointing the fingers at either one, you right, know? I right. mean, it it is it is a two-way street. Right. And there should be no, you didn't know, I didn't know, you yeah. did it. That well, and it's funny because you've made comments to me about how, you know, I've been inspiring to you and things like that, and you look up to me, but... Like, dude, you're an inspiration for me because I'm watching a 19-year-old man, you know, and I don't even consider you a boy at this point because you've done more in the past year and a half than most will ever do. You know, I know your mother, dude. I, I hear about you even when you're not talking, even when I'm not talking to you, you know, and one of the things that I love is I hear about your dedication. You know, and I and I've watched it. I've watched your dedication. I've watched your drive. I've watched all these different things, and you're doing it the right way. The biggest thing that I'm going to tell you from being, because I mean, I think you do have a lot of the same mindset as I do. Like I want to make, I want to be self-made. I want to make mm-hmm. my own fortune. I want to build an empire. But during that process, you do have to make sure that you're you're putting just as much focus effort and emphasis on your child as you are on everything else that you're doing. And and I'm sure you will. But for me, like my wife complains a lot to me about how there's a lack of stuff that me and her do. Mm -hmm. And and I agree. Like, dude, I don't disagree with her on it. She's exactly right, man. She's exactly right, man. There's a lot of stuff that we don't get to do. But she has to understand I'm sacrificing our time for our child's time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And when you do become a parent your son means more to you than your mother oh yes your son means more than your father than your brothers than your sisters they that that child that you created because it is an extension of you 
has to be number one. Exactly. You know, they they have to be number one. And and I think that's that's where the big misconception is because I listen to these parents all the time. Like, oh, I need a weekend away from my kids. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do you need a weekend away from your kids? And and I personally look at that because of my situation where I don't get to see my son for a whole week. And me having him for that extra weekend would be like a blessing to me. Right. I mean, I, right. I would kill for something like an extra weekend with my son because – I care so much about him, and I want to put forth the uh, foundation for him to be the the new movement of changing the world, you know? Right. Well, it's just like my daughter, man. She goes to her father's, and uh, I fucking hate it. She's there right now. Mm-hmm. I absolutely hate it. And if me and my wife are going to go do something, I would rather let her go to a friend's house and play. I'd rather let her, you know what I mean? Like, okay, me and mommy are going to go on a date. You can't come to this. Because it is our time, and it is it is important to have your time, but it's only for a couple hours. Yeah, I'm not I'm not getting rid of you. You don't spend the primary. I want to raise my child. Dude, there's a lot of things that I believe in, and then I don't believe in that. I want my child to have those same morals, values, and standards. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I and if somebody else is raising my kid, they're installing those into my child. I don't like that. Like, when it comes to politics, when it comes to, you know, the way I view our society and our world, I want to make sure my my child has the same mindset as I do. I don't want my child to think homosexuals are bad. Yeah. I don't want my child to think that, you know, marijuana is a drug. I mean, that, that, that for me, that's a big thing. I want her to understand it as a medication. I want her to understand it for what it is and what it isn't. I don't want her to think alcohol is cool. I don't want her to think that going out and getting drunk is is acceptable or something that you just should be doing. Like so I mean there's a lot of things and a lot of people don't agree with me with these things, but those are my beliefs. You know, I want her to see everybody as an equal. I don't want her to see, you know, blacks or Mexicans or Asians as something different. I want her to see everything as a whole. And you don't know if you're not the one yeah, raising your child. You don't, you don't know what they're learning. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's scary. It is. That's fucking scary. Like, the worst word in our household is the N-word. Mm-hmm. Dude, my, my daughter can say, fuck. She can drop. She can say, cunt. Not going to get in trouble. She says the N-word. Dude, you're fucking going to lose everything. Yeah. Because that is something that myself... And my wife don't agree with. Oh, yeah. Like, like as far as, you know, you know, racial hatred. You know what I mean? Are there racial bias? Are there racial? Yes, 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 and yes. Do I profile people? Fuck yeah, I do. I profile people every single day. You know, does that mean I'm not going to give them a fair shake when I speak with them? No. But I'm, I'm going to have a preconceived notion by the mm-hmm. way you dress, the way you talk, the way you act of and what ev- you are. Yeah, and everybody has some sort of... Oh, like oh, this guy's wearing a suit. He might he must be someone of of importance. Right. Or ooh, I mean, we're on the we're on the we're kind of bad side of, side of town. His clothes are kind of ripped up. I I mean, I'll let's go say hi, but we're walking past each other. I'll give him a Yeah, him a I'm wave. still going I'm going to have my I'm going to have my my guard up a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, of course. And, and it and, doesn't matter who, it doesn't matter what race, uh ethnicity, right, sexual right. orientation you are. It right. doesn't matter. It's just what it's just that our brain makes some sort of judgment within the split second right. of you looking. Well, at and, and 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 that's and that's not a bad thing because mm-hmm. I you know I expect to be judged myself. I'm dude. I'm six two, three hundred fucking oh, pounds, yeah. and I'm covered <laughs> in tattoos. 
you know, I, I expect some judgment to come my way, but I expect it. Mm-hmm. You know, I expect it. And allow me to talk to you for five minutes. I'll change your mind. You know what I mean? And that's that's always been like kind of my mindset. Give me five minutes. I'll change your mind. You can think of whatever you want of me. Give me five minutes. I'll change your mind. And that's where I want my daughter to be. You know, I want my daughter to see the hustle. You know, I have all these shirts that say hustle hard and all this other shit. And it's and I'm not talking about selling drugs. I'm talking about day-to-day life. Get up, get off your ass, and go do something. You know, um, Friday, man, I tattooed. God damn, dude, I tattooed all day long. I think I tattooed like 12 straight hours. Oh, wow. Different people, but, I mean, it was 12 hours sitting straight. We went to dinner that night with some friends, and, dude, I damn near ate my dinner standing because my back hurts so bad. Mm-hmm. Saturday, I come in. I do some tattoos, laying on my couch afterwards. I probably look lazy as fuck, but I hurt so bad. Oh, yeah. My back hurts so bad, man. I'm just trying to, like, relax my back just a little bit. And having to be in all those different positions tattooing. Yeah. I mean, I saw I saw when you were doing just my calf. And, it. I mean, I was on the table. It was about hip height. And you were still – you still had to lean over, lean to the side, and – just to get the different areas of the tattoo. Have you ever done Pilates? Yeah. Pilates kick your ass, right? Oh, yeah. No, 100%. Tattooing is sitting Pilates. You know what I mean? Because you're turning and mm-hmm. you're holding a position and you're flexing for extended periods of time. And then you go back to your normal position. It's just like, Jesus, this sucks. <laughs> you know? Um, but, I mean, so, I mean, just like little things like that. But when I say get up and hustle, you know, have something in mind. Take a step forward. Every day, try to take at least a step forward. You know, there are going to be days that you, you go a mile forward, but every day try to take at least one step forward. And, you know, the biggest thing that I try to do now is I try to make sure somebody around me takes a step with me, you know, and I've been doing that for a long time. I've been trying to make other people take the steps with me because for one reason, man, I don't want to be at the top of Turd Mountain by myself. Yeah. You know, like like I want to achieve all the things that I that I want to achieve in life. I don't I don't know who all's at the top of that mountain. And and what I mean is like socially like when you start advancing your lifestyle, you know, you start moving into nicer homes, doing nicer things and everything like that. There are some people that I'd like to be there with me, you know, that I know now. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Because I don't know who all's up there. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it could so, be a scary place at the top sometimes. Yeah, and if you're at the top with the wrong people, man, it could be an ugly fucking place. You'd much rather be down I was about to say, you'd much rather jump back down the mountain. <laughs> right, and I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Because I want to be there for myself, and I'm hoping I can bring some other people along with me. Which kind of brings me to what I want to talk to you about. We're really getting close to opening up something. Uh, gym wise. Okay. We're, uh, I was going to ask you about that actually. Yeah, dude. Um, I don't want to say, well, I guess I can say a little bit. Um, got a business partner that I'm working with and we're looking at opening a sports center and we're looking at opening another tattoo shop Mm -hmm. and maybe one other business. Uh, we found some land that we like and things and we're not too far off. It'll be within the year. Okay. And, uh, you know, you're one of the people like the apex thing didn't work out. It was, it was a really bad deal and they, I know why they were trying to make it work so fast. If anybody's trying to rush you into something, something's not right. (laughs) Yeah. More than likely it's a bad play. And if it seems too good to be true, it's always too good to be true, you know, steer away from it. But, um, 
but no, like, you know, I was talking with my partners and they, they already, they'll know you when they see you, you know, because I've talked about you so much, you know, bringing you into that environment, it's going to be beautiful. I mean, it's like, I mean, we're really going to invest a lot of time, effort and money into it to make it work, but, um, we're not too far off. I'm excited. I know. Cause when we were talking about the apex, when we were talking about the apex deal, uh, when you, when I had voiced before you, we even talked about it, like, Hey, like, here's my goals for this year. I'm, I'm right. I'm dead set on getting a business up and running for, for training because that's, that's my tattooing for, for right, me. Right, right, right. I love training. I love seeing progress people make big or small. And I just love, I love seeing people at their peak genetic potential. Right. And, and when you said the apex deal, I was so excited. And then when things fell through, I was like, well, knowing Johnny, there's always something else. So I'm like, I'll sit back, I'll, I'll, I'll wait a bit, and I'll see what Johnny has to say. And then there, and there it totally is, man. Um, it's funny. You look behind you, you see the big fucking fat Buddha. Yeah, I saw that. Didn't you post that on yeah. your Facebook story? Yeah, yeah. So the TTJ, what a lot of people don't get with that when they see it, the TTJ, Charmaine says it's trust the Johnny. Okay. And and I'm like and I'm like and at first I didn't know what trust the Johnny meant. And she goes she goes, There's so many times you say or you do things that don't make no fucking sense to me. <laughs> None at all. And she goes, There'll be things that you'll be so excited about and then it'll just all of a sudden vanish and then like two months later it's bigger, badder, and better than what it was when you first discussed it with me. And, you know, it, it was funny because I, I never bought too much into it. But now that like, I sit back and I'm like, yeah, man, like I do tend to always make sure that if I do say something, it's going to work out just one way or another. Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to find the best fit so nobody gets fucked over. This is something that my wife's installed on me. Dude, I was always balls deep. Like, dude, as soon as I, if I thought it, I did it and I didn't look back. I've been fucked so many times doing that. And now I'm trying to take my time and, and really focus on what I need to do. The, the offer they offered me at apex for you was horrific. Oh, really? Oh, they were going to rob you. Like, like they wanted, they wanted to rob you of everything. And I'm sitting there looking at this guy and I go, you understand, like, I love Nico, man. Like this isn't like this isn't some fucking employee. Yeah. Like this is a fucking friend of mine, dude. Like, no. Not, you o- know? not only that, this man cut twenty five pounds in a month <laughs> right. and didn't bat an eye except for one day. But that's because I stayed up all night and I was stupid. Right. But but <laughs> like this guy was so willing to fuck you. Like, look, man, we 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 can give him just twenty five percent on what he brings in, and I go, I wouldn't work for that. Yeah. No. You know, like. I uh, who's the guy who owns uh, Virgin? I have no clue. I have I Bronson. I, I can't remember his name, but dude, he's like he's just he's like this mogul, right? Virgin Airlines, whatever. I can't remember his name, and I always I always use this quote, and I need to figure out his fucking name so I can give him credit for it. This isn't mine, but it is the way I kind of like think. Teach them good enough to leave you. Treat them good enough to stay. Mm-hmm. And I love that concept. You know, people ask me all the time, what's going to keep your employees at your tattoo shop? Why won't they go open up one of their own or why won't they go somewhere else? And, and I personally feel that I treat my artists better than anybody else. Oh, no. Every time I talk to any artist, including the apprentices you have right now, and you have like right. what, five, four? Four. Four. 
and I mean, even the apprentices, and even the apprentices, they're like, yeah, I mean, I, I love this place with my whole heart. Like, how could I leave? You know? Right. And that's and that's always the environment that I want to bring. Like the way that being part of Fighttopia was a family. Mm-hmm. I always want that with whatever I do. I want people to love me, and I want to be able to love them. Dude, if you're not willing to sit down and eat dinner with somebody, if you're not trust trusting them enough with your fucking debit card information, yeah. you shouldn't fuck with them. Yeah, like you should not fuck with those people, and and that's and that's as true as it gets, man. Because there are so many people out there that want what you have, whether they're envious of your look. Whether well, they're the envious of the car you have, how good of a parent you are, um, any kind of like personal gains that you do, they they want it because they're too lazy to do it, you know. Not only that, but there's so much, especially going back to the social media side. There's so much hate, like oh, ninety or like eighty-five percent of social media's is hate and and just trashing someone because oh they might not look the way that you think they should look or oh this guy said something that's not particularly in in line with my views i'm just gonna shut him out and hate on him you know whereas what we should be doing is being open-minded i think you're very open-minded i'm open-minded everybody in your shops open-minded to the point where right i might not agree with you completely but i'll hear what you have to say and if you convince me which is hard to freaking do, but if you convince me, good job. Like you, right. I, I, I am a better person because you changed me. What, what I, what I, the one of the things that I do dislike is when like you talk about something in your life that you're doing, and somebody wants to like rebuttal, no matter how good it is. Like when me and when me and Chelsea went vegan, we had everybody tell us how stupid it was. There's no way you can argue that being vegan isn't healthy as fuck. Yeah. Absolutely nobody on this planet, and everybody's going to be like, the protein, the lack of protein, the lack of protein. The, the vitamin B. The dude, vitamin dude B. I saw your little fucking shirtless pic at two months of vegan. You look great. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you right now, Nico's st- skin stills olive He's not pale. He's not anemic. Like He's not dying. He still looks great. Um, the, we discussed the energy level earlier mm-hmm. not being as great as it was. Um that's why like when i do starting tomorrow i haven't even told my wife about this yet but i'm going back all vegan okay but i will eat chicken and tuna and uh when i when i say all vegan i'm more referring to no dairy no red meat um so it's not really vegan but what about eggs are you gonna get do any eggs i love fucking eggs i know dude eggs are the best that's the one thing other than steak Eggs is like the thing I miss Dude, most. My two things, tuna and eggs. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I could even do without chicken. As long as I can, I can have my fucking fish and my eggs, I, I'm pretty – well, I mean, eggs are kind of chicken. Well, yeah, that's I mean, true. <laughs> like, uh, if, if, we're, if we're thinking about uh, it, If yeah. we're really going to break it down. <laughs> so so if, if I eat chicken, then I can eat eggs, and then and, and tuna's, tuna's good. Uh, tuna, eggs, and chicken, man, those are my three fucking things that I really wanted back. And I, I'm not going to lie. I enjoy fucking cheese. I enjoy some of the dairy, mm-hmm. like not actual true dairy. Not like Oh, yeah. Not like a glass of milk, but like milk products, mm-hmm. you know, because like it's hard finding things without milk oh in it, right? Oh my gosh, yeah. So difficult. Um, <clears throat> but 
I definitely, I'm going to keep eggs, tuna, and chicken in my diet, but everything else will be vegan, and I'm going to make sure everything's whole food. I'm going to make the big sure, one. yeah, whole foods, whole foods the biggest. Um, but I'm doing that because I'm really trying to. Uh, we're looking at buying a house, and we're going to put in a home gym, and it's I think it's the TRX or TXR. Yeah, TRX bands. The, well, no, this it's a, like a collapsible. Oh, PRX. PRX. Yeah, the yeah. collapsible fucking squat rack and everything. Mm-hmm. So we're going to put that in our in our garage. We're going to have a treadmill out there. And then I'm buying a bicycle. Like I have like a big gangster bicycle, and I'm gonna get rid of that because, dude, you can't you can't bike on it. Like I want a bike, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna get a uh, I'm probably gonna get a class three e bike, and that way I can commute to work on my bicycle, and on my way home I can use the throttle yeah. and, and just cruise on the way home. Like you, you know, when you work all day, you're just like, dude, I just want to cruise it's a, home. Yeah, it's exhausting. This this gives you a nice way just to cruise home and enjoy yourself. But uh, so, so I mean, I'm really trying to prepare myself for that. And I think myself, especially if I'm going to be working on my fitness, I think the first thing that has to be fixed is my diet. Mm-hmm. Because no matter how hard you work out, if you put the wrong fuel in the tank, you're you're actually oh, doing yeah. more harm than you are good. Yeah. So for the next week or two, I'm gonna really hit my diet really, really hard. Start slowly back into exercise and everything else. And by summer, I've got a really good game plan because I'd like to bike six miles a day walk to and hit my weights like that that's like my big thing and i want to do that five to six times a week you know so i want to get quite a few miles on my bike quite a few walking miles and my weights where i need them because dude i'm not trying to do anything crazy i just want to be able to go mushroom hunting bike rides with my daughter you know just basic activities yeah you know it's um, insane what what you take for granted at a young age because even just two years ago, I never, I never warmed up for anything. I never worked on mobility. I've never, I never did any of that. And then starting, starting my fitness journey, my personal training journey, learning about all that stuff and how beneficial it is. Um, I spent one whole year just working on increasing my range of motion, feeling like my, having my joints move better. Right. And I can't, I can't not warm up now with my mobility drills because I've seen how how much better I am when I do that mobility as opposed to when I'm not. Oh, it's, it impacts everything. Yeah. Um, no, no, dude. I fucking dude. I totally agree. And my biggest thing is, I, I it's time for me to turn back the hands of time. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that's what I'm gonna work on now. I mean, I was reckless, like I said, man, very reckless. I got too focused on my careers and shit like that. But now it's time to turn back the physical hands of time and get back to where I need to be. But yeah, man. So. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's my life in a fucking nutshell, Nico. Well, I I have a couple little questions. Oh, please, man. What were some of the hardest things you had to go through when building endless ink tattooing? Um having a relationship. Okay. Having a relationship and doing it is probably the hardest thing. You know, I love my wife unconditionally. And trying to juggle the time mm-hmm. because when i leave here i have to leave my problems at work oh yeah or at least try to and you you're not going to be able to do it all the time so you bring them home your wife sitting at home not seeing you all day you've been busy all day she hasn't and then when you come home she's ready to engage there's times that you're not ready to engage mm-hmm. that was probably the hardest thing was juggling and it still is juggling home life and work life because 
as much as I would love to be able to consume my life with one or the other, I have to consume my life with both. And time management is really fucking hard. Yeah, I, I personally think of my myself and my uh, the things I have going on in my life like a pie like a pie chart. Like I have to dedicate like seventy five percent of my personal time when I have my son to my son. Right now, uh, the split up into the last twenty five, a lot of it's work, a little bit's school studying. And then the rest is just nothing. And then when I see my when I see myself lacking in some areas, like oh man, this week I was super busy at work. I was working doubles all day, all I mean all week, and I didn't necessarily get to go to the gym. Next week I have I'm not working doubles, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put more time. Right. I'm gonna put more of my pie pie chart to exercise as opposed to having that a uh, whole percentage filled with the work. Right, and that and that's that that. That is probably hands down the hardest part. Oh yeah, is is just trying to juggle your time because it's not when you're an entrepreneur or you have your own business. It's not like you have set hours. You know, it's it's really easy when you have like a mundane job where it's nine to five. Mm-hmm. You're done and you don't have to fucking worry about it no more because it's somebody else's problem. When you're the fucking boss, man, everything's your problem. Yeah, everybody. Is everything is your problem. If I have an employee coming in having a bad fucking day, I need to know how can I make this day better because you need to go and fucking do your job. Yeah. You know, and you have to be able to do your job great, you know, and that you don't get all the time. And it's 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 almost scary, you know what I mean? But uh but yeah, that 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 would be what I would say was the hardest part about doing all this like the late nights and everything that shit's easy because it's what i love that's true you know like if i told you i'm going to give you an endless supply of money to build your own gym and you get to build it you would you would be like oh none of it's going to be hard i'll put every screw into every bench i'll fucking build every (laughs) treadmill and i'll have no problems doing it but it's 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 balancing the time dude when i was building this fucking tattoo chair right here my daughter was with me putting in the screws you know i had her with me so the one thing i will tell you when you are building that empire bring your son along for it you know let him get to see daddy it may not be the funnest thing for him yeah but he's he's gonna learn at a really young age holy fuck look what my dad does you know my dad's a man you know it's it's something i always watch my dad work hard and um it definitely installed that in me like dude if my dad's gonna work this hard i can work that hard mm-hmm. you know what i mean and that's what you're supposed to do you know yeah you got to lead by example when it comes to your children for sure all right and an- another big one is how is your promoting yourself promoting the business change from when you first started to now because the inclusion with all the social media electronics all that yeah um well i just started my twitch mm-hmm. um so that's been really good. I, I've been very lackluster. Everything that I've gotten has been word, word of mouth, a little bit on YouTube and social media. I mean, those are excellent platforms to kind of project yourself. One second. No, you're good. You're good. But because I know when it comes to marketing yourself this day and age, everybody uses YouTube. Right. If they, right. especially like, especially like tattoo artists, artists in general, uh, fitness people or just people trying to do youtube as a job i mean they have to be on on all social medias constantly throughout the day and it kind of gets it kind of gets uh overwhelming 
at a lot of points. Dude, so. and that's uh, it's back to my wife. It's something that she can't stand because I'm always on social media. and We understand how quickly social media will suck you in. Mm-hmm. Like right now it sucks you in. You could just be sitting there chilling and then all of a sudden you're watching a video of somebody farting into a microphone. Yeah. And you're laughing your ass off. And then my wife's like, oh, you're just dicking off. Like, no, I swear to God, I got on here for a real reason. <laughs> um, but, uh, I, dude, I love it. I, you know... When I was talking about the word of mouth, you know, people posting your tattoos and everything else, it helps out tremendously. It's free advertisement. Oh, yeah. It's something that wasn't around 20 years ago. You know, the free advertisement wasn't there 20 years ago. You had to pay for a fucking newspaper ad or a TV commercial. You couldn't go out and buy microphones and and fucking cameras and have 1080p fucking mm-hmm. quality videos i, I mean it might, it's 4k at this point yeah yeah well yeah and I, <laughs> well it depends because like i know on twitch if you try to run 4k oh that's true you get a lot of lag yeah so like youtube yeah youtube's 4k mm-hmm. all day uh twitch we still run 1080p because that's what we were looking at with our cameras like do we go 4k or do we go 1080p and most of our cameras will run 4k but we do have one that's a 1080p and it's probably our best one you know right. so it's yeah. like so with the twitch and you said you're on youtube yeah you're on youtube now as well um what has been some of the so what's the funnest thing you've done and are you are planning to do on twitch and on youtube um Right now we're doing a uh, story time mm-hmm. where I me- saw I saw the first one. Yeah, dude, we're sitting. I'm sitting down with like my friends and I'm telling stories like through my life, like funny stuff that's happened. And I got a really good buddy, Rob, Bob Hall. He, uh, we, dude, our last Twitch was fucking killer. It wasn't our most viewed, but we got more revenue off of it than any other. We got over two hundred dollars in donations. Oh my gosh! Uh, basically, people were donating for their name to get tattooed on Bob's ass. No, and we live streamed me tattooing Cammy's name on Bob's ass because Cammy donated one hundred and forty five dollars, and we ended up having sixty or whatever makes two hundred. We ended up having that much donated on top of it to reach the two hundred dollar mark. And yeah, dude, I laid her name right on his ass, dude. It was the funniest, that funnest is thing, hilarious, dude. If somebody would just grab that clip and put it like i don't know if we can even put that shit on youtube but that's one of those things i know could go viral you should you should be able to put it on youtube yeah we just have to watch our language because yeah. we we talk so much shit on twitch <laughs> like it, it gets it gets really vulgar and raunchy at times i mean we've been hit with 21 and up before oh, really? on twitch yeah um dude my feeds i mean we're dude we're here to have fun yeah I mean, we joke about everything mm-hmm. and um yeah, so that happened. So I don't know what's going to top the tattoo on the ass or story time. Um, some of the cool things about Twitch, um, I'm working on getting a couple really big sponsors Okay. right now for tattoo uh, equipment and supplies. So that'll be nice. And more so than the money, man, if I could get sponsored, fuck. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a That'd huge cost savings. And like pigment, I'm working on a pigment sponsor right now for my colors and my colors are dwindling and they're yeah, getting very, very, very empty at this point. They look real so empty. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get fucking eternal to hook it up, but we'll see. Uh, the eternal reps been on my stream three times. Oh, so, that's awesome. Yeah, that's so, big. Yeah. So they're definitely watching me. It's just a matter of getting them to pick me up, mm-hmm. you know? So that's super big. Well, I have one more question to wrap it up. Yeah, man. 
what is your definition of a being a man because this day and age males masculinity has been all all uh, skewed yeah. throughout throughout this generation and b what is something you would tell an upcoming tattoo artist that you would i mean that would would have helped you when you started okay so i'll start with that one get professional help right out the gate um find a shop get in with a shop find somebody who knows their shit and work with them right out of the gate don't do like i did don't start out in a house play around and then go you develop bad habits you know learn professionally right out the gate um the man question's a fucking wonderful question nico that is that is the most amazing question i've ever been asked so masculinity, being a man, all these different things. You know, everybody thinks of the lumberjack with the beard and the flannel, yeah. cutting down trees, building houses, uh, working with their hands. Being a man, in my eyes, is being somebody that takes responsibility. You know, that takes responsibility and takes charge. I mean, there's different men in this world. There's alphas, there's betas. I like to typically think that I'm more of an alpha. I mm-hmm. want to be in charge. Uh, I want to provide for my wife. A manly man once told me, if my wife wants it, I get it. You know, and and basically what he said, if my wife wants a new home, I make sure I work to get that new home. If my wife wants this for our kids, I make sure I work to get those things for my kids. Men are supposed to be providers Yeah, in, in my eyes. You're supposed to provide. We don't have time for a lot of the bullshit. Mm-hmm. We are the ones that are going to miss out. We are the ones that are going to have to do without, you know, and at the end of the day, I, I feel a true man will go without why his family goes with everything. You know, my girls can, you know, last summer, dude, my girls were swimming at a private pool. I had to pay for those for that membership. And, <laughs> I hate private pools. They're so expensive. <laughs> yeah. But why they were, why they were swimming at the private pool, I was sitting here working. When my girls went to Disney, I was sitting here working. When my girls went to Florida, I was sitting here working. Eventually, I should have enough money to be there with them. But until that happens, they're going to go on vacation every year. They're going to get to go see stuff every year. Just sometimes dad can't be there because dad has to make sure it happens. And I th- and I think that's what being a man is. Uh, being a man is treating a woman right. You know, like understanding that, you know, we live in a society today where boys can become girls, girls can become boys. Uh, blah, 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 and all that stuff, you know, but I don't know. I'm a little bit more old school on that. Don't lay your hands on a female, you know, treat a female with respect, you know, regardless. And that's how it should be in my eyes. And as far as like the gender stuff, that that's a whole nother story for a whole nother time. Mm-hmm. But I, I think those are what I see as, you know, being a man, you have to be able to stand up. You have to be a provider and, you got to make it work regardless of how you make it work. you got to make it work. And, uh, as long as you do those things, man, you're a man in my eyes. You know, I don't, I don't have calluses on my hands. I don't get dirty, so to speak in my day job, but I provide for my family. So whether you're out building bridges or whether you're a CEO with a tie on doing corporate shit, we're all men in our own specific, right? You know, I don't think anything makes you more of a man or less of a man, it's just how you want to do it. You know, I, I do, I've had a beard. I've not had a beard. You know, that, that's, that's all appearances. You know, mm-hmm. and I think so many people get 
caught up on what kind of job you have and what you look like is what you are and it's bullshit oh you yeah know? No, 100%. i mean dude i don't know how many times i've watched you walk around in flip-flops khaki shorts and a and a pastel colored shirt yeah you're right you're you right. know <laughs> anybody can say whatever they want about your masculinity but at the end of the day dude you're a lot more of a man than most quote-unquote men out there really are and that's that's what's so frustrating to me because i do live in a society of artists I do live in a society of where men aren't your quote unquote manly men. Mm -hmm. They're not out building race cars and smoking cigarettes and drinking whiskey. Like, bro, I like a Bloody Mary. You know, I vape (laughs) and call me, call me not a man as much as you want. I take care of my family. And, and that's, and that's what I think makes you a man, you know, the fighting and stuff like that. I don't think you have to be a fighter, No, but I think you have to have the cojones on you to stand up for what you believe in. You know, if you, if you let people walk all over you, you're not a man. Mm -hmm. You know, if you do these different things, you're not a man. You know, you have to, you have to have a spine, you have to have a backbone and dude, you got to be able to go to bat. Dude, if fucking John Jones came up and grabbed my wife by the ass while we're out at a restaurant you better bet your ass I'm swinging yeah. on him. Oh, 100%. Bones is going to whip my motherfucking ass. <laughs> Promise you that. But you, you, you're going to get a reaction. Mm-hmm. And even if he does whip my ass, I think that makes me more of a man than he is. He disrespected yeah. a woman. He may have beat me up, but I stood up for that woman. I, I dude, oh, I know, we're, I know we're wrapping it up. But um, I, I posted a post the other day. It has been about a month ago. And this young lady was standing in a line. There was this young man standing behind her, flossing and laughing. She turned around and socked him in his face. All kinds of people started commenting on this. And this big fight breaks out on my Facebook about how these guys were like, oh, I'd have fucking hit her back and I'd have done this and I'd have done that. You know, and I made it really simple. I was like, look, I was like, if I was standing there and she turned around and hit you in the face for dicking off behind her and then you hit her back, I was like, I'm going to knock you out for that. Yeah, seriously. But but there was a lot of guys, men that I'm friends with, that were like, oh, if you're going to hit me like a man, I'm going to hit you like a man. And there was an action. The action was him flossing behind her. Yeah, he was, being a, he was just being annoying. Yeah, and then the reaction was her punching him in the face. Did she overreact? Of course. Maybe, maybe not. You, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you don't know the like, context. Like, not even that. You don't know her life. You don't know her upbringing. You know, you don't know what's happened in that girl's life. You know, when, when you go out and you pick fun or make fun or do anything to another human being, you better expect the worst consequence. Dude, people have fucking shot up schools. Oh, yeah. Over being bullied. Mm-hmm. You know, there are consequences for people's actions. And the, the biggest thing that I can say, man, is, you know, like being a man, being a woman. Remember, man, there's consequences for your actions. And there's always repercussions you know like if you do something it's something there's going to be an outcome you know and and i think that's where like being a man you have to make sure the things that you are doing have the right outcome because you can lose that card i always talk about man cards you know having a man card your man card can be revoked you can do everything manly but do one non-manly thing and you, you you can't get that card back and and i think you know hitting a woman is one of those things, man. You can get that card revoked. Man, I, I agree with that definition wholeheartedly. Uh, take a couple seconds, plug whatever you want, and then I'll, I'll post it in the show notes 
for everybody to click on instant link whatever hell yeah man awesome um so twitch if you guys want to catch me out on twitch it's twitch.tv backslash johnny c tattoo my instagram is johnny c tattoo my twitter is johnny c tattoo um my youtube is johnny.c um that's the only one that's different if tune in if you want to see tattoo content uh we talk about mma video gaming i mean dude it's a pretty it's a nerdy ass thing man it's, it's a bunch of nerds having fun with you know fun stuff but dude thank you so much nico oh, i know just so everybody knows man i want it on this podcast so bad i uh <laughs> like i said nico says he looks up to me i look up to nico and if i can support one of my friends doing something like this i'm always about it brother all right hey, thanks so much like i said it'll be in the show notes below click on it check his artwork check out the twitch i'll see you all later this has been porch talk